Hello, and welcome to the Cedar Girls Stories podcast. Why would a man happily immersed in a great family life, fulfilling ministry, and a job he loved make a major move and uproot all this blessing? Because the giver of all that blessing had called, and his timing and provision can be trusted. Enjoy today's episode with Jason Graham, the director of Cedarville's up-and-coming Physician's Assistant Program, which is scheduled to begin in 2023, pending external approvals. Enjoy Jason's conversation with your host, Mark Weinstein. Thanks, Sarah, for your continued good work with the podcast and for setting the stage for today's Cedarville Stories podcast with Jason Graham. Before I get to my conversation with Jason, I want to thank you, the listeners, for your continued support of the program. I've noticed recently how many of you are reconnecting with older podcasts, specifically the podcast with Dr. Mark Caleb Smith and Dr. Angie Mickle. If you haven't heard these programs, I encourage you to visit cedarville.edu slash cedarville stories to listen to their unique stories and the other ones on the podcast. Also, please email me at mweinstein at cedarville.edu to recommend a future guest on the program. I'd love to hear from you. As I mentioned earlier, my guest today on the podcast is Jason Graham, the program director of the Developing PA Program at Cedarville University, which is expected to have its first class of students in May of 2023, pending external approvals. But I might add that the curriculum for the program has already been approved by Cedarville's Board of Trustees. Jason is a 1999 alumnus of Cedarville University, so he's no stranger to the university. Prior to his return to campus, he served as the associate professor and associate program director for the physician assistant program at Eastern Virginia Medical School, and he was a practicing PA at the Jordan Young Institute in Virginia Beach, Virginia, since 2003. It's great to have Jason Graham on the program today. Jason, welcome. Thanks, Mark. It's great to be here. It's great to actually see you early for the first time since you joined us back in uh, the end of 2019. So I'm looking forward to getting to know you as much as our listeners are, I'm sure. So thanks for taking time today. We're recording the podcast on August 5th, so we're just about ready to get into the new school year. So that'll bring its challenges, and we'll talk about that with Jason in a little bit. But as I started to put together the program, I understand that uh, you actually had a role in whether Cedarville would consider offering a PA program. If I remember right, you had a conversation with the, the president, maybe in the DC area, a year or two ago. Do you recall that conversation? And can you share some of that conversation with us? Yeah, absolutely, Mark. That um, conversation was actually predated by another conversation that will set the stage probably a little bit better. Okay. So in uh, October of 2000 and I want to say 17, um, my pastor and I in Virginia Beach, Virginia, were sitting down over coffee, just chatting about a couple of things. And uh, one of the questions came up was, well, what does your future look like? Where do you think God's going to be doing? Where do you think you're going to be going? And for a variety of reasons, probably five or six different reasons, my conclusion was, I don't think we're going anywhere. Uh, we really have everything set here that we really need and want, um, from family to a stable job to ministry opportunities. And uh, lo and behold, uh, that November, we had our newest child born uh, early, so we were in the hospital. Our pastor had decided to invite some college presidents down to speak at our church. Uh, one of those was from Cedarville University. 
which below the Mason-Dixon line, for whatever reason, Cedarville is not as well known. There were several people within our church, though, that were Cedarville alumni or had family members, children that were here at Cedarville. And so when we found out that he was going to be speaking in February of 2018, we decided to see if he would speak to the alumni and families associated with Cedarville there at our church. And after that conversation and listening to his uh, introduction, it was the first time I had met Dr. White. For whatever reason, I decided to say hello and, and goodbye on my way out. And as I shook his hand, I said, Dr. White, if, I don't know if you guys are ever thinking this way, but I know you have a good pharmacy program and nursing program. If you ever decided to think about starting a PA program, let me know. I've been doing PA education for 12 years and would love to have the opportunity to help out in any way that I could. But before he let go of my hand and uh, his eyes got big and he says, well, as a matter of fact, our cabinet has been discussing a PA program due to the work of Dr. D. Morris and others yep. uh, over the last really two decades. Uh, mm -hmm. It came to a point where uh, I was able to get in touch with uh, Dr. Supli and uh, we started some conversations working with some third party persons to uh, develop a plan and to think through the feasibility of a, of a PA program here. And that was just the beginning of a long journey that's now at the point where we are here today. So as you tell that story, and actually as you were preparing to even share that with the president back then in 2018, did you ever think that you would really be the person charged with developing a brand new PA program at Cedarville, your alma mater? No, to be honest with you, when I said that, I was thinking along the lines of, hey, I'd be happy to give some advice and, and help them think sure. through it. Um, we really did not think that we would be ever leaving Virginia. Uh, we just, like I said, had stable ministry, stable job, um, had all of our family really right there with us uh, from right. my parents to my in-laws. And it really just did not feasibly make sense. But as we continued to pray and to think about it, um, God just continued to open door after door. My wife and I knew that something was going to change in 2018. We just had this sense. But after having been in one location for 19 years, God seemed fit to uproot us and to move us up here. So after we visited in October for homecoming in 2018, I could tell that that was the direction that Dr. White wanted to go was to ask me to come up this way. And I remember right. going back to my program director that I was working under at the time saying, I don't know that I really want your job. I don't, I don't know that I really want the, the challenges of taking on a whole new program and developing it. But yet I knew and felt confident that if God was in this and as he continued to open the doors, that he would continue to provide and continue to, to lead each step of the way. And so we decided to step out on faith and, and come up this way as God, God opened the doors and has continued to open the doors. Well, it has to be a, an exciting opportunity to build something from the floor up. But yeah. when you got that call that you were the one that Cedarville wanted to lead this program, what went through your mind? A lot of questions, mainly because of, you know, moving after, like I said, being in one location for 19 years, uh, somewhat of uh, excitement just because it was an opportunity for us to come back. I'll, I'll circle back around to that conversation with my pastor in October of 2017. I remember telling him all the reasons that we wouldn't move, I, but I did caveat <laughs> it with one thing. And I said, you know, the one thing that would be attractive to me would be if there was an opportunity to do PA education in a Christian environment. If there was a place like Cedarville, and I even used Cedarville as an example, which we loved from our time here, I said, if there was an opportunity to do what I'm doing now in a Christian environment, I said, that would be an attraction for us to, to move away. And so it was, a, it was certainly some excitement mixed in there uh, with the opportunity to come up this way. 
And then just how do you transition a large family uh, from you know the South to the North and uh, go through that whole process, so. You've been offered a job, you're gonna take it. So what really uh, intrigued me is, you know, I did a little bit of research. So I, I, at least I knew your wife, Charity, her family is from Chesapeake. So that's the Virginia Beach area, right? Yep. Okay, so you have at least her family here, your, your family's there as well. Um, but from her perspective, how difficult was it to relocate her from where she's known for a long time and her family's there to back to uh, the cold north? The cold north was probably the hardest thing. Uh, we're still not not used to, uh, our, our blood has thinned quite a bit over the last 19 years. <laughs> but fortunately for us, you guys had supposedly a quote unquote mild winter this year. We uh, did. I'm glad it was that little bit of a transition. Charity is such a wonderful encouragement to me, and she is so trusting of the Lord, and she is a planner by design and is able to think through this whole process, and so she's willing to go where God has called us as a family, and so really the challenge was not in moving her. The challenge, though, has been really in connections that she's made over the many years there through our church and people that she knows. And uh, unfortunately, when we got here and we're just about ready to dive into some really deeper relationships, COVID came on the scene and uh, has disrupted much of that. Um, but really, you know, moving Charity, uh, she has been uh, such so supportive throughout this whole thing. And I think God has given her a special measure of grace in this whole process and really think that she made this transition very, very smooth for us as a family. And the wife is such an important part of that whole decision process and really the success that you have here as a university, especially in building a new program, you're going to spend a lot of time working on that. So um, that's really encouraging to hear. Yep. So you you mentioned a little bit ago about moving a large family. So you're, you and Charity are the parents of seven children, correct? That is correct. How in the world do you move physically a family of nine so seamlessly? How, how do you do that? Well, you enlist them in the process of packing and sorting through their stuff. The, the really joy of this has been watching them flourish through this whole process. And we've been involved in ministry throughout many years through our church, and they just jumped right in in packing and loading and unloading. Um, and so I'm very thankful for how they went through this whole process. But we homeschool our children as well. And so that really helped seem or solidify mm-hmm. uh, a lot of their experience. We knew that they were gonna miss some of the things about our church and some of the things about their family, uh, friends that they had left behind. But in reality, much of their transition was fairly smooth simply because other than the location changing, the schedule and, and much of their time together throughout the day was still the same. But yeah, it, it was logistically a challenge. Again, I mentioned my wife, she's very organized. So we had a process down by which we went through the house and purged a number of things, but yeah, it was a, it was a 40 foot Penske truck and uh, <laughs> a couple of, I think five of our friends, plus I think we dropped off two trailers in October uh, in uh, 2019. So yeah, it was, it was a, a very interesting challenge uh, to get all of us up here. And we range from 17 down to two and a half at this point. And again, every single one of them just did a really amazing job throughout the whole thing. So how are you now? Are you settled here in the Cedarville area? Where are you living? Yeah, so we are. Um, the Lord provided us a temporary home here on campus for a little while, which uh, suited us just fine for the time being. And then through the process of the first part of this year, the Lord opened up a home here in Cedarville, which we were really excited for. 
Uh, one, just to be able to be close enough for me to be back and forth, as you mentioned, with the time constraint mm -hmm. on me uh, in the program development, but also in the future as we seek to minister to students and to faculty, we'd, we'd really like to be close enough for them to be able to come to our house and, and be able to uh, entertain them and to minister to them there. Uh, so we're very thankful to be living right here in Cedarville. The joys of living in the, in the country are amazing. Uh, but there are also some of its own challenges. So uh, we love the space for our kids and love to be able to be uh, here in a wide open area. They still somehow figure out ways to get things stuck in gutters and on the top of the house, <laughs> despite having multiple acres to play on. The biggest challenge is just being located physically distant from stores. I mean, I transitioned from a commute of 25 minutes in and out of work and then like a five minute commute to pretty much any store we needed. And so we've flipped that around to a five minute work commute and about a 30 minute trip to any store that we need. So uh, it's a little bit challenging that way. Sure. I want to transition a little bit now toward your calling here to, to lead the, the PA program. To build the, the program it has to be uh, somewhat daunting, taking something that's never happened before and building it into what will be a, a program. What experiences from your background do you believe will really benefit you and benefit the program as you lead it and build it going forward? So I think um, the experiences that I've had in my background, I spent, like I said, 12 years in PA education at one institution. So it's not like I have a whole breadth of information um, mm -hmm. or experiences at multiple different institutions. And even there, much of my time was dedicated towards a few courses and towards the logistics of admissions and things like that. However, I did get the opportunity to work with a lot of different people. And throughout my experience, God really crossed paths of mine with other people in PA education who I've been able to, to contact and to rely on as I've been working through this process. You know, PA education is not a cookie cutter type of education where you can just pick up one and kind of move it to another institution. A lot of it depends on uh, some of the nuances of the institution and, and the time constraints. Um, and so um, I've really relied a lot on some of those connections with other people that I've been able to make over the years um, as I've been developing uh, this program. It certainly has been, like you said, a very daunting task, uh, one that has really stretched my faith and has really stretched my uh, trust in the Lord. And uh, we just continue to see him provide you know, as we uh, seek him and try to stay humble before him. The only thing that I, I can say is that my experience is working with folks. Um, my experience is working at one other program, trying to invest here as we develop a program that would prepare students. Fortunately, I've been able to be a part of some great Bible churches and experiences and growing up in Christian faith. I think that we'll be able to invest into the curriculum here and really try to make it a, a unique, very unique PA program. So what really goes on? What's involved in building a PA program? Because I, I, I don't know. I mean, so, I mean, we have expectations from the accreditors that we have to meet. Um, and then every single PA in order to practice in the United States has to take a certification exam. It's the same certification exam, no matter where you graduate from. And so really what we're tailoring is a program that would be able to prepare the students to be able to pass that certification exam and then be able to practice medicine. Uh, but then also would be able to meet the accreditation standards that have been put out. Those were just updated last November and then will be in, in force starting in September of this year. And so my goal right now is to take a program 
Um, the program that I've came from was a 27 month program, which is the typical average length for a PA program. And uh, we're trying to bring this down to 24 months. So we're gonna try to compress that down uh -huh. even a little bit more, which is doable. There are many programs out there that do it in 24 months. But what we're really trying to do is trying to disciple Christian students to be able to provide medicine and care for people with a Christian perspective, meeting their spiritual needs as well as their physical and emotional needs. And so the process right now looks like one, developing a curriculum that hits all the targets that they need to have for their certification exam, as well as for accreditation. And then the second piece of that is really trying to develop the relationships in the area for the clinical placements, which is the second portion of the educational training. So they're gonna spend about 12 months in classroom and then 12 months in clinical rotations. And even those are prescribed by the accreditors in terms of which rotations need to be done. And so we're right now in the process of ramping up those, those conversations and really trying to develop those affiliation agreements so that we can have those sites ready for the students when they come. Are there other Christian universities that offer what we're trying to offer? Or are we kind of unique? So I would say that we're unique in the sense that there are several other PA programs in what I would call evangelical sister schools, but most of them are what I would call evangelistic in terms of their approach, in terms of okay. who they'll accept into the program. They, they right. certainly have a, a foundation where their professors are believers. Um, they have a worldview that, that coincides with ours, uh, but they're willing to, you know, take a student with any background. Uh, there are very few, I think one other that I know of for sure, maybe one or two others that are specifically looking for students who have a profession of faith, who have already yeah. have a commitment to Christ and uh, who are wanting to train them and disciple them for Christian ministry. And so I would say that we're discipling and that's kind of our focus. And I think we will be unique for that reason. So discipleship, would you say that's your, your niche? that sets you apart? Or what would you say is the niche of the program once you get it up and running? I think the niche will be that, it, that it's a Christian university unlike any other. I think Cedarville is so unique in its approach to the students and its approach to the gospel. And I really hope that we have faculty who are investing in the students and discipling them, not just to learn medicine, um, but also to live life, to please and honor the Lord and to think through some of the critical issues and so for that reason, I think we'll be a unique program. One of the other things that we're trying to do on the clinical rotation side is to get our students into a practice that lives out a biblical approach to healthcare. Um, and so I think that would be a little bit unique, not saying that others don't do that or haven't done that, but I would like to see us get every one of our students involved in at least one of our rotations in that kind of setting. How difficult do you think it's going to be to set up these clinical experiences because there's other, I know of at least two other schools, PA schools in yeah. the Dayton area. That has been from the very first conversation that I had with Cedarville about this. I told them that I don't think students will be a problem because there are ever increasing more number of students wanting to go to PA education. I think that obviously having the Christian faith factor is going to be a, a limiting rate uh, factor, but at the same time, I don't think that's going to be a problem. Getting the right faculty will be a second hurdle. I said that the biggest and largest hurdle will be your clinical sites. And it's a problem not just for our program or but any program across the United States. So honestly, I have I have long thought about this as a challenge. Um, yet I know that if God is in this, this is going to be something that He is going to continue to provide for us. So 
Uh, obviously with COVID, we really kind of hit a little bit of a roadblock in developing or starting some of those conversations. And so we made the decision to, to push back the start of the program to 2023 in light of that. Um, we have a clinical director who will be starting with us uh, starting October the 1st, uh, Catherine, um, who's coming out of the clinical world and she's gonna be helping us as we develop those rotation sites. And we've been culling a lot of data here locally as well as nationally to try to figure out some places and some unique ideas. We don't have anything set in stone yet, but that's gonna be the, the challenge over the next year to develop these sites. As people who listen to the podcast regularly, they know that one of our goals is to see how faith intersects the person that we're talking with, the guest, uh, in their career and their life. Can you share with us your spiritual journey and where you met Jesus and yeah. and how he's how he's carried you through the years? Yeah. So I was blessed to be born in a Christian home, and um, my parents were seeking where to be involved and how to be um, trained in the ministry, and so. Early on, my parents were involved in a local church plant in Virginia, and um, I seem to recall times when my parents would speak to me about Christ and about heaven, heaven and things. And uh, at a very young age, the age of five, I remember sitting in a church service. My dad had been called out to uh, counsel with somebody who had come forward at the altar call, and I just, for whatever reason, felt the Lord really impressing upon me the need to commit my life to Him. And so, at the age of five. A uh, very young age, um, I committed my life to Christ, didn't know all that that would entail and, in, and encompass. But shortly thereafter, we moved to Word of Life in upstate New York where my parents went to uh, their school of ministry and then uh, stayed on on staff. I was baptized at the age of six. And my parents being involved in ministry, both at Word of Life and then through ABWE and missionaries overseas in Brazil, just saw my life continue to follow uh, a path of ministry. And as my parents became involved in ministry, um, I had the joy of working alongside of them, seeing God uh, use me and my skills uh, in those different uh, aspects of ministry. And so the Lord just continued to, to grow me spiritually. Uh, there is still a lot more work to be done. The Lord yet allowed me to go to World Life uh, Bible Institute for a, a year of uh, training before I came here. And even while I was here, just seeing God use me through various um ministry opportunities and opportunities through the local church. And so all throughout my life, I've just seen the Lord open doors and continue to move. And his call upon my life at the age of five has just led to a life of repentance, uh, trying to stay as close to him as possible, stay in the word. Like I said, there's still a lot of work yet to be done, but God has continued to be faithful. And I, I just remind myself of that. God's covenant and God's promises will never fail. I just want to continually wait upon him and trust in him uh, for each next step and uh, see what he does. And so that's been my faith journey. Uh, I've been blessed to be with a wife who has uh, come to know the Lord at a young age and prays for me regularly and uh, continues to spur me on towards Christ-likeness as well, as well as my kids. Yeah. <laughs> Your kids, they challenge you and they they test your faith, I bet, sometimes. Oh, marriage was easy. My kids have shown me more about my sin nature than anything else because I, I react so so much harsher. And uh, so, yeah, they've been my uh, one of my greatest uh, sanctifying uh, events. And that's the Lord knew I need a lot of it. That's why I have a lot, a lot of kids, I think. So <laughs> That's funny. As you think back to your, your college days, I, I want to believe that there's been some impact from your days here at Cedarville, events, people. Does anything come to mind in terms of an event or a person who really had a profound impact on your spiritual life? 
Yeah, I'll say that Cedarville as an institution really had an impact upon me, even going back into high school. One of the reasons that I came to Cedarville uh, was because of a, a missions group that came out over the summer down to Brazil where my parents were missionaries. And I had the opportunity to meet seven or 10 Cedarville College students who were being led by John and Donna Purple, the former dean of uh, students. Sure. And I had the greatest joy of getting to know them as students. And um, that's what piqued my interest in Cedarville. Uh, I left Word of Life after my year there and came here sight unseen, having been accepted here and had never visited here before. And so their love for missions is certainly one thing. Paul Dixon and his emphasis on excellence uh, was something that just has stuck with me over the years and wanting to do things with excellence. Just his influence in my life while I was here. Uh, Pastor Bob Rome had a, a great influence on, on my time uh, here as a student, as well as involved in some of the ministries here. John Purple was also head of the Dean of Students while I was here, and I served as an RA and RD for a little while. And so um, his input into my life was certainly uh, beneficial. Uh, and so we just, I think all four years from, from my time with residence life, my time in my department and, and discipline with uh, Dr. Helwig and Dr. Uh, and Bob Ducard, just every aspect of Cedarville, as I look back on it, has had an, an amazing influence on my life. And my wife and I were, were so glad to have had the time here to develop friendships, our relationship, and uh, connections with people that we continue to benefit from even uh, years later, two decades later. And some of the faculty that are here and staff, friends that we knew from back then that are still here are just really great, precious reminders of the faithfulness of God. And, uh, and so our time here was so precious. And um, although we kind of uh, lost track with a lot of people, it has been such a joy to come back and connect with so many people that are still here. Yeah, it has to be very special for you to come back. The school has changed a lot in terms of size and buildings, whatever, but the people are still the same. And now you have the opportunity to build into the lives of students like your professors did into you. So that has to be absolutely. bring great value to you. Yeah, absolutely. Jason, I have, uh, I have time for two more questions. You kind of answered this first question, but I'm going to ask it again and, and see where you go with it. And that is, you know, for the last several months, all of us have been dealing with uh, COVID-19 and it's been tough and challenging. What are some of the impacts to COVID-19 that you've faced personally and professionally? I would say personally for me individually, uh, just the impact that it's had on the trajectory and the uh, speed at which we were working. So initially when I got here, we hit the ground running in January and those first three months, we were just, we were just churning things out left and right. And then when COVID hit, it kind of just put some breaks on, on the development of the program. And so uh, that was a little bit challenging. And even, even the, the subsequent two months of lockdown and, and trying to work from home and, and that in the midst of seven children in a small house uh, before we moved was, was just amazingly uh, revealing to me. And uh, that's why I'm back in my office and, uh, <laughs> and not working from home. Uh, so that was one of the impacts as a family, as I mentioned before, I think the impact of just the, the relationship building, trying to get our children invested into a local church, um, trying to make those connections. It's, it's been interesting to watch not only did, did it impede that, 
uh, initial uh, investment. But even as things are starting to open up again, people are still much more leery of, uh, of connecting with people that are new or you know, they haven't seen their friends and so on. So we're just still trying to get used to, to this as a family. But the Lord's, again, provided some really close friendships and renewed some friendships from years ago, which has been helpful. Uh, professionally, I think the biggest challenge has been just the development of the program. I think with the, the relationships that we need to build with, with rotation sites and affiliation agreements that need to be done, and then just backing up some of the, the hiring timeline of faculty. Uh, certainly trying to build a program by yourself uh, with part-time medical director and a full-time administrative assistant is, is challenging in of itself. Again, I've had great input from some consultants and people that I've known in the educational world, but I'm longing to have some people here that we can right. start working and, and building a team and, and really making some progress moving forward. Yeah, that synergy that you will gain from having people where you can see and you can interact with should really bring great value to the program and to you. Yeah. Well, my, my final question, and it's, it's a question I like to ask most guests, if not all guests, actually, and that is, as you study God's Word, what is the Lord teaching you right now? And I think of you as you continue to make the adjustment to Ohio, as you deal with coronavirus and, and build the program, what is the Lord teaching you right now? I think the biggest thing that God's teaching me is his own faithfulness. One of the verses that I have long clung to and, and enjoyed reminding myself of is Isaiah 40, 31, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And there's some my wife even just reminded me this, uh, me of this a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, that you know there's promises even within that that they will mount up with wings, they will run, and they will walk. And so our job is to wait upon the Lord. And and then just even recently in my Bible reading, I've been uh, going through the book of uh, Jeremiah, and uh, and also reading at the same time through Judges and just watching the unfaithfulness of Israel. And yet the faithfulness of God as he, as God reveals himself to Jeremiah, even this morning I was reading and uh, God says, if you could undo the rising of the sun or of the moon, then, then I would go back on my covenant that I made with my people. And so right. I think just God's faithfulness in the midst of all that's going on has been what he's been drilling home to me most. And then just my responsibility to be faithful in response to that uh, faithfulness. And so I'm just, Again, resting upon the Lord's faithfulness and uh, calling upon him to continue to provide and continue to lead, continue to open the doors as he has so faithfully, even over the last three years of journey, um, yeah. even farther beyond that through all of history, uh, we just continue to trust him. Even though our lives, yours and mine, have never intersected until really today, we both can say that God has provided and met our needs in his timing. And so I encourage you to, to stay the course and be encouraged, and we're, we're all rooting for you and the new PA program. Thanks for sharing your story, your life with the podcast listeners, and uh, I'm really glad that you're on campus. I look forward to actually physically talking with you in the near future. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, you're welcome, Mark. Thank you for the time. Thank you for listening to Cedarville Stories podcast, brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by this conversation, like I was, please share this episode with a friend. If you know of an awesome Cedarville story, share it with us. We would love to showcase how God is at work in the Cedarville family. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another Cedarville story for God's glory.